0: would we'll grab you a Bible. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. I uh granddad still gets the paper. he been gone for five, six years anyway. I was I was looking through granddad's paper and I don't think he mind too much. Uh, anyway, I, I going through there, and it got to the very back, and it has obituaries, right? And there was a name in there that this gentleman's last name sounded kind of familiar, so I was, you know, started reading, and from there, I just skipped down to the next person that passed away, and read through that, and I don't know, I got to thinking about that, and uh, the different funerals that I've been to in the past, and I've been to more than I'd like to mention, where God never was talked about. Didn't talk about where they went to church. Didn't talk anything about God. You know, is I mean, they, don't get me, they these good old boys. I mean, that's what they were. They were some good old boys that passed away. They loved their family. You know, they cared for their wife, for their children. They were, they were good old boys. They, they this, this one gentleman, he, he loved being outdoors. He was an avid Hunter and fisherman. There wasn't a single thing mentioned about God in his obituary, and and that does that does not mean that he wasn't a Christian. I'm not saying that, but I I told Bron, I was like, whenever I pass, at least put there that I was a member of the Church of Christ. Please just just do me a favor. That way, at least everybody knows that you know. Hey, Matt might be in heaven. You know, there is a possibility. But if you don't mention it all, you're like, well, man, that's a bad deal. So. I went from there to Matthew chapter 22 and verse number one, talking about a wedding feast, and I will tie the two together in between being a good old boy and dying and the wedding feast. I promise, just just bear with me. So we're going to begin Matthew chapter 22 and verse number one. Uh, Christ is at the at, uh, at the temple and he's he's teaching everybody, scribes, Pharisees, the whole audience. You know he. Before this, he, you know, he rode into into Jerusalem on the donkey and everything, and uh, anyway, he began to teach, and, you know, uh, I found it very interesting that he chose one, a donkey that nobody else has ever ridden, so uh, Christ was a bronc rider is the way I interpreted that, but anyway, he rides into Jerusalem, he begins to teach uh, at the temple, in verse number 2, it says, in the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they that made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spotfully and slew them. But when the king heard there, thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Since then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore. Into the highways and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. We're going to go through this parable. Going back there, verse number one it says, Jesus, he spoke this parable to him. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like to a certain king. This king, uh, being God, those of his servants are his prophets. Even Jesus Christ himself. And those that were bidden were the Jews. He asked them to come. It's ready. Get here. They weren't going to do it. Notice that uh, they, all, they all had some kind of excuse. That's the next thing I noticed. How many people do you know in this world that, that that's what they are? They're in this world. They chase after worldly things. They don't have time for God. They don't have time for Christ. I got, I got loved ones. Got family members, I got neighbors. I have people that have loved me from the time that I was born. They cannot make time for God. Verse number six says, And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. If you ever do get a chance, I'd like you to look up the apostles and how they died, spreading the gospel, doing the Lord's work. Some of them were thrown into pots of boiling oil. Some of them were beheaded, stoned, beaten with clubs. As far as I could find, John might be the only one that died of an old age on the island of Patmos. I'm not 100% sure on that, so look that up. A lot of men died spreading the gospel. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about our role in this parable. Where do we come into this? Verse number 9 says, Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. You know, uh, Brother Brandon, he ride he me out on what I was speaking about this morning, but the first thing we got to do is we can't be silent about our faith. That's first and foremost. We're never going to reach our neighbors. We're never going to reach our family members if we're silent you know the truth you've studied it read it heard it preached tell others tell others about Christ hell is real I have family members I have four generations of family members that are all going to hell very sad they, they just don't believe maybe it's time for me to I'm going to do, do something else I mean I, you know if they you say you do something once and it doesn't work the first time don't do it again don't do it the second time I mean that's just it's not smart it's not going to work the second time either isn't that, isn't that you know it doesn't work the first time don't do it the second time change your strategy I want you to think about the people that you know that are lost, the people that you have tried to reach. Maybe it's time that you tell somebody else about it. Let them have a stab at it. I, got, I have some friends that I don't think I'll ever reach. Brother Britt, Brother Josh, Brandon, Chase, somebody else, anybody. Somebody else can give it a shot. Maybe, just maybe, they'll hear them. Whose job is it to teach? Matthew 28 19 20, the Great Commission heard it several times Go ye therefore and teach all nations. All these men that Christ sold us to are all dead, so whose job is it now? Whose job is it to go and teach? Everybody sitting here today, if you are in this building, it's your do- job to go and teach. Men, women, children, The truth of the matter is our children have a better chance of reaching people their own age than we do. That's just the fact of the matter. Statistically, women have a better chance of reaching those that are lost than men do. Common saying, the fastest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Right? Women, cook them a meal you'll get them in this building a lot faster than I will. We can't be private about our faith. We need to go forth and teach. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This is the verse that Brandon used this morning. Don't be private about your faith. Everybody that you come in contact with, whether you know them or not, even if they are a stranger, spread the gospel. There's a lot of people out there that that believe in heaven. There are very few that believe in hell. We look through scripture and we have evidence that hell is real. I got a whole slew of family that's headed there i got a whole lot of friends. I have neighbors. They're headed to hell. We must teach them. Do whatever we can. Matthew 10, 33 says, Therefore, whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. You know, I, I, don't, I can't honestly say that I've ever denied Christ before men. But I've been in a lot of circumstances where I probably haven't really confessed him either. I've been in a lot of situations where <laughs> it might be best if you leave religion out of it just because we differ in opinions. We differ in what is the truth. Matthew five, fourteen, sixteen says, Ye are the light of the world, a sea that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Brawan pointed something out to me a couple of days ago. Might have been just yesterday. That I'm also drawn to the lot. I am. I'm drawn to the lot. I don't necessarily like to spend my extracurricular activity times with people who are not in the church, just not as comfortable with them. I like to stay on my ranch with my family, I work. But whenever I have time off, I like to go over to Brandon and Carrie's house and beat Carrie at cards. Right, Carrie? Shaking her head, yes, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, she is. I like to go over to Molly and Jennifer's house and let our boys play, and me and Molly just sit in their lazy boys and do absolutely nothing. That's a good time to me. A real good time. Just sit there and do nothing, just talk about, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Fishing, scripture that's how I like to spend my time I'm drawn to the light I don't want to go out into the darkness and let my light shine that's the only place where people going to see it right we have to go forth into the dark world and let our light shine dirty job it's a dirty job They call that spending time in the trenches. I did trench warfare, trained trench warfare for a couple of months. It's nasty. In North Carolina, it rains. Trenches fill up with water. You walk out of there, you're not coming out clean. But That's what it's going to take to spread the gospel. You're going to have to go out and and, and interact with people that know probably not living the life that a godly person would be living i mean they're not they're lost they don't know any different they're ignorant to what god commands us to do what how he tells us to live our lives they're not doing that it's going to take some effort we're going to have to bite our tongues roll up our sleeves and get dirty Reminded me of the, the parable of the sower. You know that parable, you know, broadcasting, you know, the seed out there and some of it falls on good ground, some of it doesn't. I, I, whenever I was growing up as a kid, uh, dad had a garden and whenever I was five, six, seven, eight, I mean, all the way up until I was in high school, uh, I could have promised you that thing took up a whole section. I mean, we get done with work and we go out there and we pull weeds I will not work in the garden to this day. I will not do it. I mean, that garden didn't even take up a quarter of an acre. But somebody has to pull the weeds. Somebody has to be there to encourage those that maybe they already have obeyed the gospel, but they're babes in Christ. Somebody has to be there to help them along. You know, they can't handle the strong meat. You know, they, don't, they can't run yet. They're, they're just crawling. Somebody help, has to help guide them through the scripture, help guide them through life, help them leave that old life behind. You know, whenever we, whenever we go through the gospel plan of salvation, we're like, here, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. But the thing is, that repenting part, that, that turning away from the old life, that's not easy. Uh, you, you, ha- you have the life that you were living, so you have all the old friends that you ran around with, your old habits that you were doing that you're not supposed to be doing anymore. You need somebody there to help you get through those hard times. And that's what y'all are here for. Not only to help one another, but those that you just obeyed the gospel to help guide them. Or you can do what I do and I put them off on Pop and Brandon and everybody else and say, hey, you need to study with this guy. He'd be perfect for you. That way I don't have to get too dirty. Nor do this. We, we have to make ourselves available. Brings us to our second point. Matthew 25, 34 to 36 says, Then shall the king say unto them that are on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Are we putting ourselves out there and being available for those that truly do need us? I don't know anybody that is hungry or thirsty I don't know a whole lot of people, so there's a lot of strangers out there. I don't know anybody that's naked. But I know a lot of people that are hungry for the truth. There are a lot of people out there that need to be clothed in the blood of Christ. There are a lot of people out there that are prisoners of their own sin. We need to care about people, their needs, even worldly needs. You know, there's a lot of people that are not going to listen to us if all we do is spout out spiritual stuff, but we actually get involved in people's lives and help them with their earthly needs. We have more of a chance to reach them. Philippians 2 verse 4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So we're letting our light shine. We're making ourselves available to help others. Next, we need, to, we need to be able to teach them. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You know, for the longest time, I thought that, you know, I'm not, I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the knowledge to go forth and teach people about Christ. I mean, lead them through the Bible. I, I know where the Old Testament, the New Testament ends begins, and I know the Gospel plan of salvation, and, and I can muddle my way kind of, you know. And last time we were going through the five-part study, Sean said something that uh, I don't know. It kind of it kind of hit home. He said, "You have an abundance of knowledge compared to somebody that doesn't, that just doesn't study the Bible." and kind of throwing snippets at some of my friends that I'm trying to get a study with, just, you know, he's, he's right. You have more knowledge about Scripture than most of the people that you're going to come in contact with. Teach them. Go forth and teach them. The fourth thing we need to do is we need to Pray. Matthew nine thirty seven thirty says, "Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, plenteous, but the labours are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that you, that He will send forth labours into His harvest. Are you praying for one another? Are you praying for the men, the women, the children that are here? You know, I, I think about the vast number of people that I come in contact on a daily basis." Dad, um, mom, that's about it. But our children, how many people do they see on a daily basis? school's about to start up again. How many children are they gonna come in contact with? You know, if you're gonna bring somebody to Christ, best to get them whenever they're young. They don't know anything, they're stupid. There's some adults out there, they're the same way. They're stupid too, but they don't know anything. You know, it, it's better to spread, to, to share the gospel with somebody that doesn't know, know anything about Scripture than it is for somebody that, that has heard and believed but hasn't believed the truth. That right there is an uphill battle. That one is hard to face. Are you praying for the evangelists too? Slides out of place. Back to our parable in Matthew 22. It says, And when the king came to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, How camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. This man that he's talking about, he accepted the invitation. I know a lot of people that have accepted the invitation. But did they obey the gospel plan of salvation? Isaiah 1, 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. This man hadn't obeyed. He accepted. He accepted that invitation to come to the marriage feast. He wasn't clothed in the blood of Christ he was lacking something then said the king to his to the servants bind him hand and foot and take him away cast him into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth hell is real hell is real Verse 14 was one that hit pretty hard. For many are called, but few are chosen. How many is many? That depends on you and I. How many can you reach? How many can you try to accept that invitation? truth of the matter is out of the abundance that we reach as Christians there are few that are chosen there are few that are chosen thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast if you'd like to know more about this subject or any other bible topic send us a message at our facebook page the church of christ wheeler area